My name is Thomas Prophet. I'm a filmmaker based outside Philadelphia, PA, and I'm looking to create a life for myself writing and directing films. On this podcast, I give my take on things as well as interview friends, filmmakers, and interesting folks about just about anything. You can find the full podcast catalog at ProfitableProductions.com backslash podcast. Profitable is spelled like my name with two F's and two T's. You can also find clips from my episodes there as well as my films. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Tom Profit Take. Welcome back to the podcast. This is the Tom Profit Take 8. Um, and for this episode, I wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, normally, I have a guest and uh, I interview them. I'm sitting across from them, interviewing them, asking them questions, and we both fuel the conversation. We we both, uh, if if one person's you know having trouble running with ideas or coming up with ideas to talk about or or keeping the conversation rolling, the other person's always there as a, a backup to keep it going. And um, I wanted to try doing a solo podcast, uh, not just because it you know occasionally you, you plan for po- you, you you plan podcasts with people and 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 sometimes you know things pop up and people can't do it or or whatnot and uh for, for logistical reasons but more than logistical reasons uh i wanted to try this as a skill um as a a muscle to develop as i i, I heard recently on the on the joe rogan podcast uh, he would they were talking about people who do solo podcasts like like Bill Burr. Um, and I mean, not like I'm not like I'm him or anybody, but it's like, I, I think the idea of, of, you know, developing that skill is, uh, an interesting challenge. And I wanted to try that. Um, plus, you know, I think it, it, I find myself on these podcasts talking a lot, um, instead of listening when I should be listening to people. And I think this would be an opportunity to kind of expunge all those, uh, you know, all, all that, whatever, all that energy of, 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 oh, I got these ideas I want to talk about. And, and, and then when I'm interviewing people, I can be focused on listening to them and, and asking them questions. So I think maybe that'll work. Who knows? Maybe it won't, but, uh, I usually, I'm usually when I'm meeting with people, I'm like, oh, I got to talk about this. I got to talk about that. Um, but I think uh, the name of, I was, I was thinking about this and I think for this episode, I might even name this an honest take on my filmmaking career uh, just because I had some things, some deep topics, you know, I wanted to get into revolving around, uh, you know, questions big questions like uh how does a filmmaker person like me who wants to write and direct movies how do you succeed um and i guess to to figure that out i we should start with the the question of what is success what is my sorry just checking my mic what is my conception of of uh success as a writer director and I think, I think, uh, I'd have to go back years ago when I first started thinking, maybe I, maybe it wasn't a crazy idea to try and become a writer director, you know, or aspire to that, you know, I mean, I started out just doing animations and whatnot and, and wanting to do, um, make, I was just making my own little movies, little stop motion movies to, to, 
impress or or make my friends laugh and uh that's what it started as and I, 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 interesting parallels i think I, I remember that what inspired me about spielberg was that's what his movie career started out but it wasn't animations it was his was just making little movies with his friends at boy scouts and just showing them and everybody just laughing and being in stitches and uh i mean I just, I didn't think that's really interesting and, and, and inspiring that, you know, that's what he started with. And, and, uh, you know, back when I, my computer went off, we got the go green initiative. I'm not printing up paper for this episode. I got the, the computer on and, uh, forgot to turn off the sleep setting. Uh, so I have to make sure that, that doesn't turn off every so often. <sighs> First episode without using a straw for my, my coffee. See, Darlene, I can drink coffee without a straw. Um, so back where I was saying, uh, Steven Spielberg, you know, liking, you know, his movie career starting or in his words, starting when he made movies as a kid uh, to make his friends laugh and and, and just being uh, shaken to the core, I guess you could say by that. Uh, I don't know if I was shaken. To the, well, that, that's actually my words, not his. Uh, I just came up with that right now. Um, but, you know, just being... Um, like finding that dopamine rush of, wow, I just, I just got that reaction out of somebody. And, you know, I, uh, I've never done that before. And, you know, I, I never thought I could do that. And so, um, you know, that when you're at a young age, that sticks with you. Um, much like, uh, I think I was talking with Kara on my last podcast, which is going to be going out soon. Um, I talked about when I was in third grade writing, um, ba like doing writing prompts, they would give a prompt, like a, a, a sentence that has a, ends on a cliffhanger and then you have to finish it and, and you have a minute or so, or two minutes or three minutes, I forget, uh, and to like finish it and just write just, and you're told to like write as much as you can. And I, I remember doing that and just finding joy and kind of entertaining my fellow classmates uh in that small class i had uh the support class <laughs> uh but uh talking about oh well, that, that that's that's something that you know like those things are what define you um and what makes you want to do what you want to do in life um but yeah so years ago when I started meditating, I, I just kind of, it opened up my, opened up doors for me. And I kind of just thought about things like, like I realized what I was, what I wanted to do for a long time. And I was like, you know, I'm not like, I, I for a while I thought my greatest potential was you'll, you might just become a great animator. If you, if you are super ambitious, if you, if you work harder than, than you probably can and do everything and, and do everything the right way, um, your greatest potential is become maybe a an animator at some company or your greatest potential is pixar you know that seemed like the highest bar for me for a while if i wanted to be happy in life and i i thought you know that i thought that for a while and then i guess when i started meditating and i was telling care this in the last podcast it's like it opened up doors for me um that i didn't know i could open up in my brain at least um and also just in, you know, in doing things and, and making movies, I just kind of, I felt freed up. Um, and I also just started 
watching great films and not being intimidated so much and wanting to not you know not not be, being like intimidated by them and being like i could never do something like that but looking at them being like all right what can i learn from this and how can i apply it and so basically uh i think when i was 17 you know but before that i i was interested in animation and whatnot but 17 years old i i kind of just became and i was in video production at the time and i just kind of became aware i wanted to do this um so my, 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 my ambition of success then with a filmmaking was writing and directing. And, and, you know, back then it was really ambitious. It was super ambitious because I, I just started animating. Oh no, so I just started meditating. I, I just, I, when you start meditating, um, and you kind of do it in a relaxed manner where you're not doing a mantra or something, you know, you, you kind of, your, your brain is, it, you, there's a quote to sum this up beware of the beware of the wisdom you did not earn and i think um i heard jordan peterson quote carl Jung, i think on saying that and i think from my experience what that meant was you know if you just if you if you're just doing drugs or something or, or pot or something or you you just start meditating or doing something some mind altering thing beware of of your ego taking that to heart and thinking you know getting attached to that and what you know at the time i i i allowed it to happen not you know being naively i you know at the, at a young age like that you 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 grab on to any like i grabbed on anything i could for my self esteem you know and so that felt like a superpower to me at the time um just based on all my experiences in life up to that point and i i kind of just let it go to my head and so there is a positive and a negative side to meditation uh which i experienced back then um but it oh it on the bright side it opened me up to realizing what my potential was in terms of writing and directing. I I, I could possibly do that if I if I was if I worked really really hard and and put all of my energy into that, and and that seemed doable because that's what I was passionate about and that's why I still am passionate about is making the best movies I can and that's why I want to become a filmmaker. That's why I've wanted to become a filmmaker. Why I am a filmmaker, and you. Basically, uh, so I, I, I pursued that and then my, my greatest goal was to be the, one of the best filmmakers in the world. And you know what, if I could do that, if I can do that, great. Um, but really today, now that, you know. I, uh, I guess I've humbled myself. No, <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, I'm more of a, it's like, I, I, you know, I look at, you know, I have a different kind of uh, view of fame and, and all those things. And, and, you know, I just, honestly, I think it's more exciting now to be, um, as good as you can be. Um, uh, but also, be able to write and direct the films you want to make the way you want to make them as, as well as you can make them and have 
financial freedom. And I think that's my current goal. I mean, if I can be one of the greatest writer directors in the world, it's pretty obtuse and egotistical to say that. But I mean, why not aspire to that if you can? But, you know, be the best filmmaker you can be. Um, so that's my goal is be the best filmmaker as I, as I can be and also write, be able to write and direct the movies I want to make and and be financially dependent with that. And, and, and uh, for me, I think that would be make eight to, eight to 10 times as much money from the film as I make as it takes to make them. And then at the end of the day, after the film is done, my hope is that, and right now this is something I'm kind of figuring out whether this is possible or not, be able to keep the rights to the film and just do a licensing agreement. Meaning I keep the license, the, the rights to the film, but you know, distributors license them. I wonder if that's possible. I don't know. I honestly, I think that's, I, th I believe that that's something I really want. And I think, you know, that's something I got to ponder, but, um, and I'm going to talk about that today, but it's like, I want to, I want to be able to write and direct the films I want to make as well as I can make them. And I want them to be able to make, uh, you know, what, uh, eight to 10 or, you know, at the very least five times the amount as it takes to make them. So then you can scale, you can expand because once you make a bunch of money from that film, you can invest more money into the next film. Um, I think there's a ceiling though. Uh, but I think that's, I mean, I'd hope for that. I think that would be a cool thing. Let me just check this real quick. I'm, it's bugging me. Okay. I hopefully, hopefully that sounds better. Uh, and, okay. Sorry. I was just adjusting my microphone, but, um, yeah, I screwed that up, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a, I think currently, I think that's a reasonable goal. Um, now the reason I feel iffy about, um, the whole keeping the rights to the film and a licensing agreement. And also a uh, part of keeping the rights to the film to me means I have to fund it with my own money. And so I, and I, you know, that means getting people to volunteer for the first few films. And then, um, as they make money or as my company makes money, then I'll be able to fund it from, from the films, but I uh, make fun of make from the films to be able, I'll be able to fund it. But, um, for some reason, like I always hear people talk about, or mainly big filmmakers, big time filmmakers talk about, you know, if you want to, the wisest decision is not to put your own money into films. Now, I mean, I guess th there's context. I don't know what the, I, I mean, there's probably certain context to that. Um, I mean, if you're talking about movies that cost dramatic amounts of money, um, I could see where that's true. Um, but my hope is to be able to make films. I, I, I believe, I, I believe in trying to make films as, 
with as little money as I can. And I don't mean that like, oh, make a like a a ten or or thirty million dollar film. I'm I'm talking about like a like like I did a short film for less than a thousand dollars. Now you're I I've heard uh, film fest like, like I read a book on film festivals that somebody recommended me and and uh, they're like you should invest ten thousand dollars at least into a short film and then more than that for like a feature film just scale that you know and I because the budget is obvious to the the people um, reviewing submissions at film festivals at like top tier film festivals. Because this was somebody who who reviewed or, or was a curator at a top film festival. I think it was was it Sundance? I forget. Might have been. But every I, I, reason I, I'm bringing this up is is somebody or a couple people have, have have occasionally people bring up this i this thing to me where I'm, I'm talking about making my next film, which is going to be a feature film, which I'm, I'm going to talk about. But they they talk about oh are, so what are you getting funding for the these things and honestly i feel like i could make them um with the equipment i have uh with the manpower i i know how to get at where i'm at now um you know in terms of getting volunteers and and you know if the film makes money everybody's getting a big payday let's be let's be real um cuz uh you know people i i want to pay people what they're worth um, and so, and I, I, I look forward to that kind of day where I could be like, Hey, you remember that film we worked on and hand him a check, um, uh, for like what, what the film made. I, I mean, that's something that I, I'd look, I look forward to. I, I kind of like, that'd be cool. You know, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Um, not there yet, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think, um, I mean, for now though, you know, I, I've, I make I'm, right now I make comedy sketches and I make, I made short, it started with making short films in 2019. Uh, it was feeding the fire and rusty spade. Those were a masterclass for me in terms of how do I make films? Well, no, I, I've been making films for forever for a little amounts of money, but you know, it's like those were making decent films, and I, um, I guess long story short is. The next film I want to do is a feature film. And we'll, we'll talk about, Tom, why are you making a fucking feature film? Um, you know, shouldn't you just keep making short films until you get funding? Which somebody told me. Um, and I'll get into that. Hopefully, if I remember. I will. Um, but, you know, I, I want to make the next feature film at least uh, with the equipment I have. And, and make it volunteer. I mean, I'll, um, you know, pay for money and gas for, for gas money and whatnot, but for each shooting day for it to everybody, but it's like, uh, I want to try to do it for like the way I've been, I have been doing it. Um, and if I can do that for a feature film, it's kind of like the thing I started this podcast talking about. Why am I doing a solo podcast? Why do I do podcasts? Um, uh, it's not necessarily, well, it partly is, you know, hopefully it would, it, this becomes successful. This becomes useful to people, but also just 
to have a skill to develop. To, I, I mean, I feel like I, even after doing seven podcasts, I've gotten so much better at talking on camera to talking to people, just talking to people in real life. You, you'd be you'd be surprised um, how much seven podcasts, seven two hour podcasts, two hour give or take podcasts can do for you in terms of conversation or me at least. And so it's it's that's what it is. It's it's building a skill. Um, like, like I've been I've been teaching myself how to design a product, patent it. And then I'm going to try to hopefully teach my, hopefully I can teach myself how to market and, and actually get it manufactured. You know, I want, I want to, I, 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 I'm doing that, but you know, there's a big chance that's not going to work out. I'm not going to get that far because that product is going to, it's not going to, it's not going to get that far, but I'm, I'm doing it part moon mainly because I value the skill I can learn from it. Um, same with the podcast. Um, and I value the skill that I can get from making a feature film with a budget. If you, if you don't include the, the, the equipment I already have, um, for like a few, like a thousand or a few thousand dollars or less than that, who knows? I don't know. Excuse me. <laughs> that was a burp. Um, but if I can do that, um, for a feature film, I feel like I'll be, and, and and really push myself. Um, I have a few ideas of how I'm going to push myself to do better with that. One is is, um, well, there's a book directing actors by Judith Weston, and I've always I've, last few films I've done I've used that, but I didn't get to capitalize on on it totally because a I was either acting in the film and or or, or DPing a film the film I was doing it for. Um, now, what this book does is it has exercises in it where you do them and you become so much, you, you just kind of create a, a, like a thick soil, a, a, a groundwork of, of inspiration to draw from when you go and are in front of the actors at rehearsal or at shooting and you, you can throw it all away once you do the, 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 the exercises and, and it takes a good amount of time to do them. Um, but once you do them, when you show up on set, you throw it away. Actors, you know, when I was doing Rusty Spade, we, we rehearsed for five hours. People showed up not knowing what the hell the script was about. I had, I had answers for every question people had, I think. Um, and really deep answers. And I, as I was given the answers, I was like, oh shit, this is pretty good answers. <laughs> I was like, I was patting myself on the back a little bit. Now, of course, that film, I ego tripped a little bit and uh, thought I could do it all in, in a five hour rehearsal. And then the following day after I was drained from that rehearsal, uh, get try to get 30 takes, which only amounted to like five good ones or five decent ones that were finished. Um, it was a one take film. Um, it was a it was a but it was a learning experience. Um, but, you know, for this next film, I plan to put everything I've learned into it and do everything as well as I can, um, including those directing actor exercises. And what I plan to do is I plan to only direct the actors. I plan to have a director of photography on that film. I plan to, and some, one that I trust and, 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 and is talented, um, 
and work for very uh, extensively with them with the with, you know with discussing what the vision is, what the plan is, what the shots are, and I, I plan to do ex much more work on um, on planning the shots, storyboarding them, figuring out each thing. Um, like like the this Lego animation I did a while back, um, as silly as it was, it really taught me the value of storyboarding. Like I actually felt for the first time that the thing I was making had the quality I always saw in Spielberg movies, but never could get myself in my own films. And I, and it was this quality of, you could tell that every inch of the frame was, was just that they, they had thought about everything about it. You know, it was, it was just extensively thought out. Um, how do I put it? It's, it was, it was, it was mold over extensively every inch of the frame, every, every, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't say pixel because they, they shot in film back then. Um, but you know, it's like for my, most of his classics, but you know, um, I, I felt that a little bit with that animation. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue this. So I'm going to pursue the storyboarding and, and, and the extent as extensive as I, I can get within reason, uh, on planning the shots. Um, of course, uh, I'm going to put this, I'm going to, I'm going to sequence all the steps that I take in terms of, of planning the film. First, I got to write it and finish the writing process, but I think it's coming along great. And, and, uh, people tell me that who have read it and given me feedback and, and I've taken their feedback and it started out pretty rough. Um, taking it from a short film to a feature film because I, I completely went the wrong direction but I corrected and and we we've gotten to a place where it's like it's pretty good um, and I'm excited to make it um, but yeah so I think starting we, we start with figuring out uh, what is each scene about you know I call it the chi map it's the flow of the scenes, figuring out what is going on in each scene. And, and it's really just letting your mind, when you read the reread, once you finish the script, you reread it once it's done, you know, putting a, a cap on in terms of uh, that the, the filters out like uh, a metaphorical cap that filters out or put a, put a filter on in terms of what, it, what, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you read that script over as a director, as a, as a person who you have, you have watched all these movies. You watch all these movies. I, I watch a lot of Criterion movies, and I've watched so many from since twenty sixteen or seventeen. And and from all the movies I've watched, what 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 would I like to explore doing in this film that I haven't done before or seen in recent years um, that was really cool back then or something, you know? So. I basically do that. I go through the entire script like that. And then the next thing is, um, I think shot listing, storyboarding, figuring those things out based on, and, and re-looking back at that chi map, what, what did I write about each scene? What did I write about the entire film? Um, and, you know, figure out things like, like for feeding the fire, nobody notices this, but I made very, I mean, I was very careful about, which way was my character facing in the frame? 
was a facing frame uh is that left i think that's yeah for you that's left facing frame right because i watched the video on youtube a while back about uh, a film that did this or or you know utilize this or films that do when a character's facing frame right um because we i think it's probably because we most more most cultures read from the left of the page to the right so they perceive that as progress now the opposite reading left to right is the opposite of progress in most cultures um and so when a character was making progress in terms of he was moving towards his goal he was facing frame right um and then when he wasn't facing frame left now that was a bitch to uh work out um when we're shooting because at one point we were when we were doing a diner shoot i was like you know what let's um you know, let's do something really complicated here where we start on the inside of the diner and work our way out. Now, originally we we're going to shoot it from the outside in and just shoot it all from there and have three angles from out from one for one, one, uh, one for the wide shot, the main, the, you know, the master and then coverage for each person. Um, and, and then somebody mentioned, you know, it seems pretty distant out there. You know, it seems pretty cold when you have the camera outside the, like, like you want the camera to be there with the people, um, and right in their faces. Right. And, uh, for the scene and, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. And so I thought, here's a way we, we could make it work. I want it to end up outside because, you know, I want him to be facing frame left by the end of the scene because he's in the diner scene, spoiler, you know, he's steps or he, he kind of isn't thinking about himself and he he uh um he's like trying he starts trying to talk her out of leaving um and he basically tells and basically the idea was we we're going to start the scene where he's facing frame right you know he just succeeded he just kissed the girl of his dreams and then the next scene they're in the diner and she's talking he's, he's asking her about it and then he's like oh you know you know I forget what he said. Um, geez, the lines are out of my head. Um, yeah. So he he's just like talk asking. He's questioning it. He's questioning why what, what her decision and and she doesn't like that, you know. And she, immediately and and but we we thought there was a way to transition from the inside to the outside. Um, we were going to start on a master shot and then cut to close ups and then have the as the the coverage of each of us. So the camera would transition to the other side of the actor. If you ever watch um, the Dark Knight ride, no, the Dark Knight, the scene where Batman and Heath Ledger are in the are in the interrogation room, and he's sitting at the table with with the Joker, the Batman is. Notice how the camera switches sides. And uh, the, the the video I saw mentioned how they, the Joker was questioning. Um whether he what, what was you know yeah he he was i think he was questioning right and wrong with with batman or something or he was kind of he was creating confusion in terms of what was progress and what wasn't um because he was talking about you know if you know you're like a leper you know they'll cast you out all this all this stuff and um where he was just questioning his his moral or his morality and 
and by and and what Nolan did, I don't I don't, I don't know if he meant this um, because a lot of these YouTube videos, essay, video essays on films, they a lot of times I feel like they 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 might dig way deeper than really was intended by the filmmaker. I don't know, um, but if it was intended, um, uh, it's pretty genius. Uh, like the camera's going from one side of 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 the Joker to the other, and meaning Christian Bale, Batman was was looking frame right or frame left, meaning progress, not progress, progress, not progress, and so it created a questioning effect. Maybe sub probably sub just subconsciously, most people were not aware of it. I think uh, I wasn't, um, but that was what we were going for. Um, but this is an example of one of the many things I try to put into the films. I'm just going to wrap that up. I just put a bow on that right there. But yeah, we, we tried to real quick. Uh, we, we tried to do that scene where we transitioned. We had the cameras move from one side to the other and I, we 86 that, but we stuck with the whole thing of, of shooting on the inside versus outside. And then we, but the coverage was shot on one side. So the 180 degree rule meant we had to sh stick with all the coverage on the inside. And that meant for that scene, he was facing the wrong direction for the, and I, the entire film, we, we managed to get it right, except for that scene. And I was like, we're going to have to reshoot this. Um, I mean, nobody ever noticed. No, nobody probably would have ever noticed. I would have, I would have noticed to the end of time. Um, so we reshot it. Um, we had to reshoot at a different restaurant, I think, um, because I, uh, we were. I, guess, I think I, I think back then I I pressed. I was so, uh, what's sorry about that sound? I was so impatient, um, which is another thing I want to work on for my next film. Is you know, I don't like to be impatient anymore, especially after Rusty Spade, which I made a film, I wrote it, and then pr produced it in a month or so and and it, 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 it you know i just kind of i created a really strict deadline for myself and hit it hard um and it cost me hair in my beard <laughs> the color of the hair in my beard at one this one spot which i mentioned to everybody and yeah no i uh i, I don't like doing that anymore as i try to avoid it To this day, whenever I, like recently I was trying to do a shoot, I was trying to shoot a sketch, um, which I'm going to shoot in, in late June or mid to late June. Um, I was trying to schedule it within a few weeks or within a week. And I felt that same feeling. It's, it feels like your, your insides are burning, which is not a good feeling. It's exciting at first. You're like, oh man, I'm so hopped up on this adrenaline. But it wears on you. And and you re you, it, something dawns on you as you're doing it. You realize, you know, there's so many logistical things you got to get, get into place. I had to get all these locations. I had to find a police station to shoot in. <laughs> like all these things. I had to order a bunch of like costumes and whatnot. I had to do all these things. And to do that in such a strict amount of time you know it's not going to you realize it's not going to be as good if is if you just give yourself a month to do it and so I, yeah i, I kind of realized you know what, give it give it give myself a month or so um 
it was, the reason I was rushing it mainly was because I wanted to do a, a sketch soon in the month and and that was the only day that people were available was that day and then it, the next would be like weeks like a month from then or so uh which is kind of why I did Rusty Spade and didn't reshoot it or whatever you know it was, it was because people couldn't do it the rest of the summer and we needed to do it in the summer yeah anyway um but you know I plan to do all these things better for my next film, for my feature film. Um, now, uh, question of, should I do a feature film? Should it, should I just be doing short films? Here's why I don't want to do short film again, or not, a, not that I don't want to do a short film again for my next serious film. And this doesn't include sketches, sketches to me, or, you know, I'm, I'm doing very minimal prep. Um, very, very, uh, except for maybe the next, like a, a upcoming sketch, I might try doing the, 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 the prep for directing actors so that I can be behind camera and direct the actors, excuse me, and work on that possibly. Um, but I, I, I write the sketch in, I, I write the sketch before I even write the sketch. I plan it all out line for line while napping and uh, that's just how it is. And, and I, I do it because I try to minimize the amount of, of deep creative work I do where you're, you're kind of, it becomes a slog just trying to get through it. That's, that's where the real writing or, or, or filmmaking is their narrative filmmaking or the, the, the feature film I'm working on. That's like where I'm doing like 10, 15 drafts you know or more and and really trying to perfect things and doing it in the most um in in, in a, a period of time where i'm most clear and and creative i am of any time of the day i i res i reserve that for that the sketches are just practice and 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 just things that to put out there to maybe maybe one will go viral you know or just, you know, have content to put out there. Um, but the feature film, uh, yeah, that, no, we're going to, I'm going to put a lot of work in doing that better and doing that right. But I, I tried to do a the reason why I'm doing a feature film, not a short film is, I mean, I, I had an idea for a short film that I would put a lot of work into a lot of prep work more than sketches, like, like a real film, like the amount of prep you do for a real film. And uh, what I consider real fun, but you know, like I was saying, but I just felt like it just wasn't fulfilling, you know, like I just, I felt like, I, I think it's the reason I rushed Rusty Spade and I, I was so rushed on Feeding the Fire. I just don't feel like putting that much work into a short film is worth it. Now, I don't know. Um, I, I'll probably, I might change my opinion on that, um, after making a feature film, but I want to make a feature film. I, I've always wanted to make one. And for me, that's like, for, I think it's be, it's beyond just street cred, you know, saying, oh, I made a feature film. There's something, a there's something deep, deeply fulfilling to me that I get from making and writing a feature film that I don't get from doing a short film. I noticed this since high school when I was doing short films in video production. I was like, when, when can we do longer films? 
I want to do something longer. Not because I want to waste people's time. I, I intend not to do that. But because I feel like there's much greater potential that I want to, to, uh, to take advantage of that I don't get from short films. I just, I want to tell a longer form story because there are things that you can do with longer form stories that you can't do with short films. Now, you, I believe in, in the skill of, that you should develop and as a filmmaker of, of becoming the best short filmmaker you can. And I feel like I continue to develop that, but I want to also develop my skill of creating the best feature film I can, which I think is a totally different skill. Now it utilizes a lot of the skills you get from making short films, but I also just want to, I just want to fucking make a, sh a feature film. <laughs> like I, if, if anybody asks me why I want to make a feature film, why don't do you, why don't you think you should just make a short film or a, or a 30 minute film, dude, like at the most, no, I just, I want to make a feature film. Like, shut up. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I really don't know what to say except for like, it's just, it, you, you feel it deep down. Your gut is telling you, I want to do this. Is my gut right or wrong? I don't know. I want to find out. Um, but I think um, to go back to my goal of how do I how do I find success? The success of making the films I want to make, and and finding financial independence from them, and, and all those things. And I think right now my biggest hurdle is finding a way to get myself in front of my audience. Now there's an argument, there's the argument, there's the helps that aids the argument of, um, well, why don't you just do short films? I don't know. I, I just don't feel like, I mean, I've, I've been doing that and I, I do the sketches. I think that's, that can solve, that can fill that void maybe. Um, I just want to try doing, I just want to try my hand at a feature film because you know what? Maybe my gut's right. Maybe by doing this feature film, doing it as well as I possibly can, and also doing it within the budget I want to do it, meaning not going out and getting somebody to pay for it and make it, but do it, do it on my own, you know, dollar and, and, and just, and, and, you know, getting and, and rallying the passion of, of their filmmakers and actors. Um, it's, it's probably, it's more so easier with, with actors than filmmaker than crew and filmmakers, because with filmmakers and crew, it's like, it's a chore, um, usually. And, but actors, it's, it's an opportunity. And so, you know, actors are, are usually more apt to do it, especially if it's a bigger role. Um, but you know, it's, it's finding, it's rallying the passion of, of people who want to do it, who are passionate about the idea you're making and, uh, trying to make it within your means as well as you can within your means. Now, what makes a great film, big budget action, uh, you know, crazy complicated action, like, like camera moves that require ridiculous camera setups and lighting. Well, I mean, you can get great lighting without all those things. You can get great, you know, some of the times, sometimes the best camera move, camera moves are just a sh shot on a tripod. I'm learning that more and more now, you know, doing, doing, you know, crazy, ridiculous, uh, like 
handheld camera movements sometimes sometimes isn't that exciting or as exciting um as just a shot on a tripod um as long as it's well composed and it, it reflects the story but you learn that you figure out what those what is right by doing the deep creative work the the homework the prep work um which i plan to do for the next film and so as long as if i make this feature film as well as i plan to make it then the goal is get it in front of the audience put it out to film festivals now i've done film festivals with feeding the fire um and i realized from doing that originally that film was just to have something to go on the internet when it back when i originally wrote it, or something just to make a film because i was blocked for years i just i couldn't get past um my own perfectionism of i don't even it was it it was an absurd perfectionism it was a perfectionism over the wrong things um i had to untrain myself to to get out of whatever i was doing and and actually get um people you know learn to take feedback and and write with feedback from people and that was what that film was about and so i did that and and i realized though you know acting in the film and directing it at the same time it limits you uh, especially if it's a very low budget film like it was now the next film i don't plan to act in it. i don't plan to director director direct the photography of it except for like work with the cinematographer um dp cinematographer interchangeable words everybody asks me what's the difference um dp and a cinematographer are pretty much the same thing uh but back to what we're talking about um yeah doing you know focusing on the performances getting realizing what the actors are doing what they should be doing what would work what what do i need from them from this coverage what, what do i need from them for this wide shot um and directing them accordingly and knowing at the time and focusing that at that time on okay this person's gonna this actor usually burns out early on so let's get their coverage first this per, this actor cut burns out or gets their best later on so let's do theirs after um also focusing on am are the are the performances going to match up in the coverage or are, are all these things you can't focus on that when you're in the when you're acting in the film you can't or you know to a degree you can but you can't direct it you can't you you can only see you can you, you have an instinct for okay i think we might have got it hopefully and usually you're right i don't want to rely on that anymore i just i want to kind of be present with the actors and 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 be helpful and direct them um so yeah that's all those are just convoluted reasons about why i'm gonna why i i, I why hopefully the the feature film is going to be great um but uh one of the reasons i'm doing a sketch i'm going to do a sketch like this i'm going to focus solely on directing it is just to kind of see how far i can take it um with the sketch um it would be much better for the feature film because i think uh i'll have done more prep work for that um and of course um i'm not like i'm gonna be doing prep work and and not throw it away right when i get on set you always you throw it away um but it informs you on a 
deep gut intuitive level. So those are a bunch of reasons why uh, I want to do a feature film. Um, and, 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 and we do all these things to make it great. And then don't just put it out to film to low level from film festivals. I did that with feeding the fire. Now for feeding the fire, that was, I should have, that's what I should have done with feeding the fire, put it out to, you know, you know, random film festivals that aren't like big named film festivals that works for that. It was a, it was a learning experience. I got to learn what it was like, but then again, I put it out during the pandemic. So they were experimenting with doing film festivals online. And so I didn't get the film festival experience, I guess, the authentic one. So, yeah, I have no idea. Um, but, you know, just, I mean, hopefully that's part of it. But if that's, if, if this is, if this year, last year's like film festivals is what I should come to expect from film festivals like that. I, you know, I'm not going to enter the film into the next feature film or the feature film into any of those kind of film festivals. Again, film festivals where, I, you know, they're not big name film festivals. Cause I feel like it's just a business at the end of the day. It's, you know, film festivals, you know, they, ha you know, they're a business, they have to be. Um, and they, you know, so you, and at first, like, I didn't understand that or I did, but it, you know, I was like, I was caught up in, you know, oh, you get, you, you like, like, like a film, if you, your film festival, you put a film in a film festival and it gets submitted or it gets accepted. Then I guess they notify other film festivals. Ooh, talk to this filmmaker. They got a cool film or whatever, or, or really it's just, it's kind of like leads for, um, what is it? Um, it's, it's kind of like, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It's the, it's the, what the leads that they, they had locked in the room and, and everybody wanted them. I forget what it was. What were they called? It, it's like, it's like that. It's like, if you get your film accepted at film festival, it's like those become those leads that those film festivals want and they get them. And then they reach out to you on social media and they're like, Oh, you know, we, we heard about you, your amazing work. We want your amazing work. I, I, I mean, I think they're probably genuine about it, but it's just. I realize it's like really the only reason I'm, I'm submitting to them is to get laurels or I, I don't know, it, credibility, you know, but I, I think it's really what I would like is to find my audience from that film, not just get laurels or credibility. Um, I'd like to find, I'd like to find people who like my movies to be able to find me through that. Um, but I, I didn't get, I didn't experience that from, from the last year. Then again, I didn't put it out into many film festivals, but, um, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, but you know, we're already on 53 minutes. So, uh, or it says it on the camera. But yeah, um, or 50 minutes. I'm not really sure. Cause I'm probably gonna cut the beginning. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm I think for the next film, like for the, uh, you know, depending on how well the film comes out, I'm going to make sure it comes out great, but you know, we'll, we'll submit it to big tier film festivals and 
cross our fingers. Hopefully something happens. Maybe they'll get it'll get accepted into a, like a bigger film festival, like like basically a film film festival on the on filmfreeway.com, the a hundred top film festivals worth their entry fee or something like that. Um, there's a it's a list and and it has like a you know top level film festivals and so yeah like submitting it to them submitting to oscar qualifying film festivals not saying it's gonna not saying it'll work but you know who knows if it's a good enough film um but yeah i think that's my goal right now is is you know in order to achieve the goals it's it's to make the best film you can um so that's what i'm working on and of course do sketches and the sketches are to possibly find a following on the internet um but uh yeah, and I, 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 I'm gonna try it for the next film where I don't find a, I don't find funding like like most people do for films. Uh, see what I, I'll see what I can pull off with the equipment I have, with the resources I have at my disposal, and see how that works. And then for my World War II film, debate whether I will go the route of you know securing more funding and whatnot and because i feel like i could still pull that off but you know of course it'd probably be a lot better if i can get funding but uh, you can hurt my stomach um yeah uh so let me check some of these things on this list of uh geez that stomach rumbling so so i guess to summarize my like i started this talking about you know success that i'm trying to uh, achieve with my filmmaking career it's like you know make i want to make the films that i want to make i want to make uh i want to make them the way i want to make them as well as i can make them um be financially dependent um still be able to own my films excuse me now if you may now if i'm gonna secure funding for my films it's like I feel like that you're throwing away that opportunity, the, the the opportunity of secure of keeping ownership of the films and 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 rights to them. And why I think that's important to me, why I believe it's very important to me, is and why I want to keep those rights is because I think it's you know if if I become the filmmaker I I hope to become, and become successful and people become aware of me, my audience does my films will become more valuable in the future and more valuable than they are now to investors or people who would want to help make them or or buy the rights to them like uh i had somebody try to buy my script for me for 500 dollars, and i was like i've been working on this for two years man come on like you <laughs> know no it's not for sale like um i can't you know like see like that like, like, that's why you, you want to hold off because it might not be as valuable to people now but it will be if you stick with it and you and you and you do your best work with it um so i don't know um i'm i'm curious if there's anybody you know if you're listening um and this is so, if this is something that interests you or something that you're tackling right now as a filmmaker um what are your thoughts you know 
you know, leave it in the comments. Um, leave it, you know, you know, shoot me an email or message me, you know, email me at, um, I wonder if, is it the Tom, let me just check real quick. Is it Tom Profit Take at Gmail? Hold on, I could figure this out. YouTube. Uh, wait a minute, hold on. Uh, I'll leave it on the screen. Um, this is the email you reach or put it right here or here, whatever, wherever. Um, but yeah, um, just trying to figure this out, you know, just trying to figure out how do I, how do I get my films in front of an audience? Um, there's that, the film festival route, make the best feature film I can make the best film I can put it into, into film festivals. That's the other thing. I don't think, you know, I could spend my time working on a, a short film to put to film festivals. Um, I don't feel like Feeding the Fire or anything I've done yet is on par with top-level film festivals. I'll be honest. I don't think it is. I don't think I've achieved that yet. I think I will. Um, is it ballsy to to work on a feature film before I've actually proven that I can perform something at the level I want I, I say I, I can achieve yeah it is um you know it's it is a bit risky uh I guess you could say it's it's kind of like well you haven't proved yourself I, I believe I'm a, I'm a believer in you know prove it show me show me you can do this you know I do that to my I, I I'm about I'm about that all the time for myself um, I think that's maybe a good argument why, you know, I should do feature short films instead of feature films, but my gut's telling me this, the, the feature films I want to make will have a much bigger impact and be remembered much better than my short films. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Could be right, could be wrong. In the meantime, other than the the feature film, going to festivals, make the best feature film I can to festivals or, or short film in the future. What about um, sketches or, or internet content? Something to how do you how do you get content in front of an audience how do you how do you get a following because you know right now i'm doing the podcast where i do i i, I put up i record a podcast and then i, I re-listen to it because i don't have somebody to do it for me um i re-listen to it and take notes on what would be a good clip uh like a good five to ten or more minute clip and then break it into clips i and then upload the full podcast as well as clips and get thumbnails and everything for it, catchy thumbnails and titles and whatnot. And it's it's kind of like fishing, you know, putting putting bait on the hooks and and or on a bunch of hooks and just throw them out. I'm, I'm just lining up fishing rods by, on the on the shore, you know, uh, or, or like on the edge of the the the, the creek or the the river or whatever, and uh, just putting bait on the hooks, throwing them out, you know, just putting them having have a stand that's holding them. And I'm just waiting for them all, you know, um, one so that one picks up. One did start getting uh, 
more views than the others. I mean, like the others were getting like one or two or five views uh, in terms of podcast clips, but one of them got like 128 already. Um, and it just keeps growing, um, which is interesting. Uh, and it has to do with um, two things, uh, more takes or more takes better, like, you know, filmmakers doing more takes versus less takes. Um, David Fincher and, and, and like Stanley Kubrick's it was Stanley Kubrick to be to to name some of them, and it got into talking about how Shelley Duvall was just traumatized from the experience in The Shining, you know, like like there's a Doctor Phil interview where that you know screw Doctor Phil for like doing this like he he had her um, talking about you know I think JFK still being alive and stuff like she 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 just so she was so shooken up by that I, I'm pretty sure by by that film. And if you look at the behind the scenes footage of how Stanley Kubrick was treating her and, and what people said about, you know, on set from being there, she, I mean, I mean, it was, it, it's, it's hard because it was a great movie. It was a great, it was a crazy performance from all of them. Um, like the scene where, where she's on the stairs, like swinging the bat around and just a, a emotional mess. They did that 120 something times, 127 times. I forget. I, I, uh, I don't know. I might be mixing numbers up, but that was like, I, I, is it worth it? You know, to, to do that to somebody? I don't think, I don't think so. No, I don't know. Uh, I mean, if they're game for it, if you're, if you're working with somebody who's like, I look forward to doing a bunch of takes because then you, like David Fincher, it's like, you're doing all these takes, you're doing 50 takes to, or like a 60 takes to, to remind the actors, we're here just to, to do it, to just go through the motions of it, to go, or not go through the motions, but like go through it and, and, and try different things and, and experiment. And it, it, it takes the pressure off. I don't I, I, I don't think I want to do that. Or I can't I don't have the luxury of doing that. Within my um current resources with filmmaking. Um I mean at best I think my next film, my next feature film, I'd be rehearsing all the scenes, uh, and then getting a few takes on set to really nail it with the actors. Then again, nailing isn't the right word because, you know, it's, you're not, it, you know, if you, if you, if you're aiming, if you're, if you, if you're trying to hit the mark consciously, it's like, it makes it harder to do it well. Um, and that's why doing a bunch of takes works uh, for him because it's like you doing a bunch of takes, you're just like reminding yourself, it's not about nailing it. We're just doing it which is a different mindset and uh, it relaxes people on sets, his sets I hear, um, which is what he aims for. Also, I think he tries to exhaust the actors, but um, yeah, no, that was a clip that we were talking about. And, but uh, back real quick, uh, I think, I think there's a, yeah, there is a value to, you know, pressure of of you only get a few takes or one take you know it, it's a different performance um and i hear like the coen brothers do that a lot also uh clint eastwood does like one take if you're lucky too on his films um so 
I don't know. I, I don't think there's any hard, fast rules. Um, I mean, I think if you can get between 7 and 15, you're golden, you know? 7, 15, maybe 20 tops. I don't know. I think, I think my next film, it'll be interesting to see how when I'm focused solely on the actors and getting the helping them get the best performance they can, how that improves their ability to to act and 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 and, and how how uh, it changes the the dynamic of 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 getting not getting nailing it or or per se, but you know getting the things that we need so that we can be like okay we got what we needed um and then be able to bounce you know and to the next uh setup or shot i think um yeah that'll be interesting to see but uh back to what i was saying um the podcast is just fishing it's fishing for for the audience um to see you know how can i get the audience my audience, my potential audience in front of me, watching my stuff, knowing or being aware of me. Because here, I, you know, I, I post a video on YouTube or something. It's like, yeah, algorithm doesn't know about me. Now, maybe it's the quality of my work. Maybe it's then again, some people who, you know, see my work. It's like, they're like, how does this not have more views? You know, it's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, there are people who think that, you know, my, 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 my video, my films are, are of quality, you know, they, 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 they should have more views. And so I, you know, I think that they might be right. Um, I think they're right. Um, so, and, and I think the way of, you know, the way to break the way people talk about the way to break through the, the noise is to just pump out more content. Now I, the problem I have with that is I want my content to be of quality to me. I want it to feel like I really put it to the test. Like I, I made sure, like I didn't do something that was dumb for no reason. You know, I, I want it, I want it, I want it to, to work. Like I want, like when I do a comedy sketch, I always get, I, I, I spend a lot of put a lot of time into thinking about and getting it. And, and I don't, I don't push ideas out before they're ready. I don't believe in that. Um, now, if you're writing a feature film or no, now if I'm writing like one of my more serious projects, I write each day, each writing day, I do have to write and, and I have to put my best ideas or, or I have to suck. I have to just allow myself to be bad, to write bad stuff because the next day I, I know the next day I'll be able to come back and read what worked and what didn't and learn from it and rework it and, and then, and then rewrite it. Um, and that's what a draft is, you know, it's you, you, it's the allowance to be bad. Um, but with sketches, I kind of, I allow myself before I, I know when the ideas are ready before I start writing it. I kind of just have it worked. I work it out in my head during like meditation naps or workout. Um, but yeah, no, I like, I like quality. I try to put my quality in my work. Um, and, and, and part of doing that is, you know, you, I can't really do it on a, a super regular basis, like weekly or whatever. I wish I could. Um, 
but I don't want to at the cost of of what I know is at the, what I know is the cost, which is the the what I what I deem as quality from my work, quality where I can look back at it and say I felt good about that. You know, I could see a few things here and there I could have changed, but overall I feel like I can look back and I can enjoy it. You know, as an audience member, that's what I want. I want to be able to look back at my own work years from now and say even though i know i could do a lot better now um i i'm still entertained by what i i saw i still feel like at the time i did the best i could with what i i knew and what i could do and for me that's that's another definition of success with filmmaking <laughs> uh That could be a that could be the the trailer for the the uh, the podcast. Who knows? So there is the podcast. So there's the sketches. Um, what else? I don't know. Maybe. Um, well, you know, I I put my I put trailers to the the videos for YouTube on my Instagram. I. I could try. I haven't done. I haven't gotten into TikTok. I've been avoiding it. Um, plus, I I tried going on there and creating an account. I do have one. I think for my old business name, um, nonprofit films. And I just put some clips up on there from Rusty Spade, and I don't think they did really any good. Maybe I could try deliberately editing some of the work I have with you know with the framing in mind for tiktok and see how that works what happens well maybe i could just put some things out maybe one of them will pick up because you know tiktok's the big thing i don't know you know especially like like comedy sketches might work well in there podcast clips like this i don't know yeah um really right now i'm just trying to figure out how to break through the noise you know i i you i read i read articles you know like filmmakers talking about, oh, like we finally feel. <laughs> I read an article today of this, like with the actress of uh, of uh, or no, or some some actor actress from something, and it's like I, f like in a big name movie, and I'm like I finally feel seen after so many years in Hollywood, and it's like I haven't been seen. <laughs> uh, I just said that out loud as I was on the I was location scouting today, and I was like. I don't. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't been seen yet. I haven't been seen by Jack shit. <laughs> I get. I get maybe like forty views on a on a comedy sketch. Are you kidding me? <sighs> well, one of these days we'll figure it out. Um, trying to think what else. Oh no, where'd it go? Um. So, some of the other things I wanted to talk about possibly was, uh, um, you know, in terms of equipment, this probably isn't a good way to end it. In terms of equipment for the films, you know, pocket the the pocket four K cinema camera which I'm shooting on right now, which is the film the camera I I, I love, um, I and I use it for wedding videography, I use it for all of these things. And I feel like I've got the system worked out for me with these cameras. 
I know people talk like I know people say I know I know that there's black magic cinema camera haters. I get it. Like, you know, I, they're they're not perfect. I mean, don't get me wrong, like and and uh don't take it personally, camera, but um I I think it's like yeah, I I get that there's, you know, of course, it'd be great if it had in-body stabilization. It'd be great if it had better battery and of course the new 6K Pro came out. Um it's like like the the pocket 4k would do better with a swivel screen like the 6k pro all these things uh, uh um uh, focus uh i'm and you know what i ha i run into glitches a lot with like davinci resolve and I, I i transferred over to davinci resolve when i got my pocket 4k um mainly because i i had been operating i've been using a uh, almost 10 year old uh, version of adobe premiere <laughs> um but uh so that's a whole nother thing um i i i i mean i i i i get it um but i i have a really i i like my setup the way that i have it with uh like i have a a way to you know go very handheld with it and and still be pretty stable um I mean, I, I I get all the downfalls, but I, and I have a little bad battery brick on the bottom, the 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 core something SXW something I forget, Power Edge something I forget what it's called. Yeah, it's on the thing. I can't really read it from here. I I mean that works well for me. That's that fits my needs. I have four hours of of camera battery life. That's perfect for me. Um, and you know I so. I don't know. I dig it. I, I, I mean, I've, I'm a huge fan of the camera. Uh, I love the image quality out of it. Now it's not Netflix approved. Now, what does that mean? Um, yeah, like I, I, I did some research on this a while back and I was thinking, what do, do I need to like get an Ursa camera, like use an Ursa camera or something better to, you know, if I ever want my movie to get on Netflix or some, you know, serious streaming platform or something, and I think, you know, based on my research, the reason why it's not Netflix approved is because of the time code. There's no time code in it. And I've witnessed the issue with that when I shoot comedy sketches, I shoot multi-cam, I shoot on like more than one po pocket cinema camera um, or podcasts, you know, recently. I did it on two cameras. Um, and also weddings. Uh, like like uh, the issue with not having time code is now it's not an issue of syncing it up afterwards. Yeah, it helps. It would it would make it easier uh, to sync up all cameras just instantly, like a click of a button, probably. Um, but the real issue is when you hit record, the millisecond that you hit record on one camera is not going to be the same millisecond. Uh, that you hit record on another camera odds are it's not unless you have like unless you're like the flash and you you ha you know you you can just you know hit it at the right moment um what i mean by that is there's 24 frames a second or whatever frame rate you're shooting at one of those frames every 
you so you so you, you there's a the the chances that you're gonna start one camera and start the other one and the frames are gonna be recording at the same instantaneous moment in time in real life it's very slim but if you have time code i'm i think what that means is i mean your cameras are going to be synced up in terms of you hit record on this one um and this one they're gonna be recording their 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 frame their frames are gonna be lined up at the same millisecond in time or or, or close probably that's what i'm assuming and and uh i don't think it matters that much to me uh I mean, if I'm doing multi-camera, um, it just, it would make it easier if I had if they just lined up, they synced up. Um, but it's not that imperative. Um, I could see the reason why I think that's why they're not Netflix approved that they don't have time code is because, you know, if you're working for Netflix and you're shooting a comedy special or something, or you're shooting something that's multi-camera, um, they'd they'd be and you're like all right netflix which cameras can i shoot on they're like no black magic pocket cinema camera 4k or cinema cameras you know but no black magic pocket cinema cameras oh why well the reason is because they don't sync up at the same millisecond and they're also they're just less convenient for multi-cam shooting so i think that's that's probably what it is because i mean the image quality I mean, it's it, it it's damn good, and you can get really good with uh you know, um, you know, better lighting and all these you know all the all the things that you you know do with, when you really go deep in terms of 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 making you know the craft of filmmaking. You know, it's not all about the camera; it's about you know the the image that you're you create in front of the camera, and I think that's more important, honestly. And you know what? Wasn't Hardcore Henry, wasn't Hardcore Henry on, yeah, that was on Netflix. That was on Netflix. I saw part of that on Netflix. I couldn't really watch the whole thing. I, I probably should have. Um, that was, wasn't that shot on a GoPro or something? I don't think GoPros on Netflix approved. There, there's Netflix, there's, there's movies on Netflix or all stream, you know, stream platforms that are not approved by those, you know, companies, I think. Um, and it just goes to show it's like, if you have a good story, if you have a great story and, and you execute it well in front of the camera, it doesn't matter what camera it is. It could be a freaking iPhone, dude. Shoot a movie on an iPhone. Now, I'm sure like if it's good enough, it'll get accepted in the top tier film. It, no, there was a film that I, you know, heard about where this filmmaker, I think it was, a, uh, I forget what it was called or who it was. But it was it was on Criterion Channel at one point, and it was like this filmmaker who in another country, I forget what country, was you know banned from filmmaking for doing um, for 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 you know for making political statements in his movies uh, that the 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 government of that country didn't uh, his country didn't agree with, and and so they banned him from film, filmmaking somehow. And so he was in his hotel room making a movie on his iPhone um, without their awareness. And, and he, he got it smuggled out into a film festival. And it and managed to get into a big name film festival. I think it was the Cannes Film Festival. I forget. It was, a, it was an iPhone movie. 
So, you know, it's like, at the end of the day, like, Pocket Cinema Camera 4K is a great movie camera. It is a, it's a great movie camera. And you know what? If you make a great movie on any camera, especially this camera, you know what? You're golden, you know? This is, it's a, I, I, so I, 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 I think the equipment I have to make my movies is more than good enough. Um, so, you know, the only other area where I can see where I'd need funding for movies is like, if I'm, you know, if I need locations, also to pay people, I, I want to pay people, but I think it's probably wiser in this day and age to start making money back from your films before you start, you know, trying to, 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 you know, like, 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 like spend uber amounts of money if you can just get people to, 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 to help you out and to, to, to donate your time. Now, if you make the money from the film, pay them, you know, that's my belief. And, and so, yeah, I, I think, um, it doesn't matter what equipment necessarily, if you just get the best equipment you can, um, the equipment that seems ideal for you or not, maybe not ideal, but like, I mean, this is ideal for me. I mean, it is. Um, so, I mean, I think, uh, I think, uh, with this equipment, I can, I can make the movies. I, I have been able to make the movies I want to make and will continue to do so, I think. And so I think that helps me with, see, I think, uh, not having another person here to, to, to bounce ideas off of and whatnot. It drains me quicker. So that's the challenge of doing a one man podcast, I think. So I'm realizing that now because <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm teetering out. I think I've talked about everything I had to talk about. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I guess in other news, uh, I'm going to be shooting a, depending on when this gets out, this is being recorded the 25th of, of, of May. And, uh, usually it takes me a few weeks to get my podcasts out. I got to improve that. Um, I'm going to, excuse me, I'm going to work on improving that and, uh, getting better at this, uh, cause I want to get more podcasts out. And, uh, I think if I start doing these one man show things, you know, there's one, these solo podcasts, it might, uh, it might, might, uh, in, increase the, the, the output possibly. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I'm going to probably try to draw this to a close. Um, I guess, how do I want to end this? Um, excuse me. <laughs> Basically, my goal to make the movies I want to make the way I want to make them, the best I can make them financially, independently, to still be able to own them at the end of the day. Um, and the other thing was the reason, well, other reason why I want to own them at the end of the day, retain the rights. It's a, it's a safety net 
so I don't have to worry about, you know, people, you know, being like, uh, we're going to change the film. We're going to have, you know, it's a way to another way of having final cut, making sure you always have that. Now, I think, you know, you, there's contracts where you can have, where you make sure that doesn't happen. People respect that. Um, but more than that, you know, maybe one day I want to have my own streaming platform or something or some distribution service or something. Um, because just, just the way that how volatile things are, I'm a kind of guy who likes the idea of, of, uh, creating my own means of, 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 uh, of surviving, of, 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 of creating a, you know, um, creating a platform, I guess. I don't know. And I, I think, uh, it's important to me to, to retain the rights to my movies because one day if I want to have a streaming platform, like say, I want to produce a lot of other filmmakers work and, and, and have that all go on my platform and, 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 and in that work with filmmakers, um, who would ordinarily not have the opportunity to make films, um, give them the opportunity to make the films that they want to make the way that they want to make them and guide them. If I'm at a point in my career where I'm, I'm experienced enough give them the, the, you know, tell them what I learned, help them out. Um, but also give them the freedom to do what the heck they want. Uh, because I wouldn't be hiring them if I didn't believe in them. Um, and then basically, uh, create a platform of, of films that by filmmakers who I believe in and, and want to see thrive and, and give the opportunity to, to, you know, make their movies uh and i'd like my own movies to be on that platform <laughs> i guess that's i guess that's way to way to end it um but uh yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this i hope you don't mind this is a really uh this is a really long ramble of uh the tom profit take tom profit take eight i'm guessing depending on if i put this out before or after in the podcast uh this will probably go out number eight. Um, but I appreciate you listening if you have. And and like I said, comment what your thoughts are on all this. If you think I'm full of crap. <laughs> if you think, uh, if you agree with me or if you feel like you're in a similar situation or a similar boat uh, in terms of, you know, trying to, being a filmmaker, trying to be seen, trying to, you know, find your audience um, as uh, I think the, there was a blog article, a thousand true fans. I forget some, something Kelly, some writer named with last name Kelly, I think, uh, finding, you don't have to find a million people who will pay you a dollar or like, or, or, or 10 cents, or you could, um, you know, find, find a thousand people who will pay you a hundred dollars a year and you got a hundred, like you got a six K a six uh, figure salary. Or the 10,000 people who pay $10 a year, you know, for whatever you provide them work-wise, creative-wise, content-wise. Um, finding that audience, um, those are your true fans. And I've more and more today, I, I value finding that versus just becoming like a, a big name filmmaker, like like any filmmaker you think of if you're a, a filmmaker who aspires to be like other filmmakers you usually think about like christopher nolan or quentin tarantino that's or steven, steven spielberg or 
George Lucas or any any uh you know name the filmmaker you who's famous you know is that day and age over that's what I wanted to talk about before that's something you know real quick before I end this this is a pressing topic I think um is the day is 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 today's day and age of filmmaking is 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 filmmaking as it has it has been is, is filmmaking as it was as it used to be over meaning you know the, there was so many great movies that came out and i think uh darlene uh on the pod from the podcast you know she's been on the podcast she's been in my films she's a good friend of mine she she mentioned how it seems like there hasn't been a great film since 2010 where I, 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 I argued with her. I said like, Ooh, what about like, you know, 2011, like an inception or, or, you know, um, interstellar. I loved interstellar. I, I love that movie. That's one of my favorite movies. It's, it's my favorite score of all time from films, uh, even more than star Wars because star Wars is, was ripped off by, it was, it was ripped off of, uh, Stravinsky's uh, Rite of Spring and, and the Planets uh, soundtracks, but I digress. Um, we love you, John Williams. <laughs> um, but no, uh, is is filmmaking today never going to be the same, especially after the pandemic? Um, but it's like, I think Darlene was right. It's the film's films just aren't the same and i think a lot of it has to do with you know they're they're it's so hard to get people in movie theaters now and and it's so expensive and so uh they kind of put all their eggs in one basket with these big tentpole movies that they are like and, it, and i hear it becomes more it's becoming more and more strict like christopher nolan um said he couldn't make he wouldn't be able to make the the dark knight trilogy today and uh, the Dark Knight, the second of the trilogy, is my favorite. One of my favorite films. They're such great films, and they made and they made uber amounts of money. It's like they couldn't be made today, he says, and and I I think he's probably right because uh, he had so much creative control with those films. Um, and plus, you know, today with superhero movies they're such an important asset to these big companies that they don't want to they don't want to uh they don't want to mess around they don't want to or they don't want to take any risks and that's the big issue is like when when the comp the big companies aren't allowed are you know willing to let the creatives take the risks that they once were then films are never films aren't going to be as great as they used to be um like one of the things you know the reason why we know we we the reason why we know the names Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, um Francis Ford Coppola who directed the Godfather movies and and the conversation and 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 uh in a lot of these great filmmakers who who we love it's that they they, they all Brian De Palma they all came 
into it at a time when the the studio heads were dying off and they didn't they didn't know how to make move like the new ones that came in didn't know how to make movies and 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 they didn't know any better so they hired these young um ambitious auteur filmmakers be like here do whatever you want here's a bunch of money just Throw money at them and let them. I mean, that's probably an exaggeration, but it's not because they look at the movies they made. Look at them. It's it's like they're. That's why it was probably the peak of 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 cinema. Cinema peaked then because these ambitious auteurs, filmmakers who were you know so dedicated to what they're making, and 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 ma- they were they were held bent on mastery. They they were given the freedom to do what they wanted to do. Um, and that's not going to happen again. Unless, unless, I think if filmmakers like myself try to make the films, the best films, write and direct the best films they can with the resources they have. That's why I want to make a feature film with the resources I have. I don't want to, I don't want to make, uh, I don't, I don't want to, I honestly, I, I, I may change my mind about this, but I don't want to make a movie with a hundred or hundreds of thousands of dollars that isn't mine. Because at the end of the day, if it's mine, I know I have the confidence and, and, and plus I'll do the planning. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll make sure I, I, you know, get my ducks in a row before I, you know, start production. Um, I, 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 I'll have the freedom of knowing if it's my money that I'm not going to get the plug. The, 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 they're not going to pull the plug on me, my production. Like I'm, I'm not going to have to worry about that. Cause you know, I, I found it's, and I believe I believe this. It's like if you if you have a really uh, if you make a really shitty film, especially on purpose, or you 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 keep going through the process of making a film after you've had the, like the wool pulled out from under you or something, or you know you have a really negative experience with the film that could that could potentially like for, especially for me, I feel like that could definitely knock me out as a filmmaker. Like the, re- the, my, the future of my career, not just like I wouldn't be able to get funding for my next films or something, but it's like you, I wouldn't be able to recover psychologically. And that's what I worry about. It's like if I, if I give, the, if I give uh, control in, of some sense to, to somebody else, I'm giving them control of my destiny, not just the film, not just that film. I'm giving them control of my destiny as a filmmaker and but and an example was a year ago, two years ago, I, I made these short films that helped spawn the work I do now or the work I'm going to do next. Um, they that experience became the bedrock for what's coming next, and what's coming next is going to become the bedrock, the experience, the the the, the skills and everything, and and the interest, the things I'm interested in in making movies about which is going to be much better and more entertaining, hopefully for the next films. So you have to think about that. You have, when you're making movies, 
you have to think about what is your destiny? What what is what is your trajectory? You know, don't just think about I just want to make this film and be done, you know. What about this film that you want to make is going to make you the better filmmaker you need to be to make the next film? And you might not even have the idea for that film until you make this next film. When I was making Feet in the Fire, in the middle of that production, when I was location scout, when we were location scouting and doing all these things, all these ideas came into place. I met certain people who, if I hadn't met them, I wouldn't have saw the characters that I needed to see without seeing them as the characters. Without, you know, visiting locations and hearing some from people saying like, this could work for like a World War II film. I wouldn't have had the confidence to write a come up with a World War II a film idea. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, I probably wouldn't be able to use that location. But because of like during Feeding the Fire, I had this idea for that World War II film. And I, and, um, and I felt like it was much more interesting than anything I'd done up until then. And so I, I feel like also when I get to working on boy, this next film, Boys of Boys, the, the feature film I plan to make, it's, it's the first one. It's, I might have an idea for something else that's even better than anything I've ever come up with at, while I'm working on that or after or, or in the middle of it or, or before it. I don't know. Um, and, and so you have to think about that as a filmmaker. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a constant process of mastery and part of that mastery and, and part of the improvement comes from from what you learn as a as a, on the films you're working on or have made um and and especially when, when i i acted in feeding the fire and directed it and, and did all, all the things i did also did the directing actors prep and everything or storyboard of the animation or learn the hard way how to not make a film with rusty spade or, or how to how to rush something I think it, it turned out fine. Um, I bust myself all the time on it, but it's on the, on the uh, but uh, everybody, the people who were working on it, they liked it and that's what matters. Um, that's what I cared about. Um, that's what I was afraid of. That's why I have white, my hair, white hair in my beard is them not liking it or feeling like I, you know, wasted their time. Um, these, you know, these experiences compound they 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 join together um and they they inform you for the next film you're going to make and also the harder of experiences you have in light and filmmaking like they the harder the, the much more difficult the exp, more more challenging experiences i had like like with rusty spade and whatnot it results in my interest in stories being of of character and, and and in scenes uh it, it results in those scenes and those characters and and the stories being about bigger challenges more interesting challenges for more people i think right i assume um and and as i continue to experience harder challenges with filmmaking um, and harder days of filming and whatnot and, and all these things. It's, uh, and just as I evolve, it's, these things are going to influence what kind of movies I want to make 
And I think it makes my movie, my next movie ideas more interesting. Um, I think it's been true. Um, and so that's what it is. It's not just about ownership and whatnot. It's about, it's about being, it's, it's about not just about control of the film or, or, or the final product of the film that too, but it's like, it's control your destiny because if I, I feel like the moment I make a bad film or I or worse, I allow myself to make a bad film, a really bad film that I don't, that in the future I look back on and, and I, it makes me sick. Um, I feel like that can hurt my trajectory as a filmmaker, uh, my learning, my mastery, my, my process and, and could hurt the, or help the quality. Like, like it might be a hard lesson. And as long as I bounce back from it, right. You know, I feel like I, I bounced back from, from rusty spade. Um, even though, you know, it, uh, it was, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was decent. You know, it was good. It was, it was good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think, um, a good example is if if you willingly say, "All right, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna accept this uber amounts of money to make a film that I don't want to make, just so that I can fund the films I want to make." I've heard that from from great filmmakers that if you do that, you never actually go on to make the great films you wanted to make. You lose that part of yourself that you know that that. It's like you lose your innocence. You lose your, you know, part part of your psyche is gone. I, I I felt like I almost ran into this situation where I was making a film that I didn't want to make, or I thought I did, but it was actually a film that somebody else wanted to make, and it it, it messed with me a lot. And I backed out at the last minute, um, which honestly I think was probably a wise decision because I I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to. I didn't want that to be the first film I made in five years. And I, I, as I was doing it, I just felt sick to my stomach every day and it got worse and worse and worse until finally I was like, if I don't do, if I don't pull the plug on this, like this is going to change the way I make movies and I'll never be the same. And I think that's true. I think that would have been true. Um, I'm glad I never had to find out. But I think if you go that route, if you go the route of making a film that you believe in your heart of hearts is not what you should be making um and you go forward with it now if if you're you have no choice i don't know i don't know i mean if you have no choice maybe you can give yourself the benefit of the doubt or something uh, you can say you know i made a mistake i got myself in a situation but i had to persevere through to get out of it i didn't want to be there but if you are in a situation where you can get out of it and you don't what does that do to you as a filmmaker i'd hate to find out thanks for listening or watching hope you enjoyed this podcast for notes and links to things mentioned on the show my films the video version of the podcast or select the clips from each episode go to profitableproductions.com backslash podcast profitable is spelled like my name with two f's two t's also for updates on future episodes follow me on instagram at tom profit take and at profitable productions thanks again 
catch you on the next take.